and welcome to the Department of Metal Antiquities. Where we remember what everyone else has forgotten. As always, it is Nick Cameron, of, also of the Glacial Musical Podcast, joined by Duncan Evans of Duncan Evans Music, Moonlow, Waxworm, and who knows what else. How are we doing today? Well, I'm, I'm okay, although I have finally got COVID. Um, I, I think I may have had COVID right at the very start of the whole thing before there was testing, because I got really ill with horrible flu that lasted for ages. So that probably was it. Since then, nothing test all the time always come up negative but um my partner has had it for the past week and we've been trying to stay apart as much as possible but um today i've got symptoms i'm not too bad but i'm pretty fluey and it's come up positive um and our little daughter's got it unfortunately but um she seems actually okay um so anyway, I will survive, but yes, I have got COVID. And um, we will all clap for Duncan for powering through. I know when I had COVID, I did, in, I, during my quarantine, I had extra time because nobody else in my family had it at the time. And so I was stuck in the room. I am sitting in the room where it happened. Uh, nice. Also, I did see Hamilton in the last, since we've last spoken. Oh, but, that's cool. Uh, yeah, so I completely feel your pain we we have had three covid scares in my house one at uh six months in one eight months in where my my daughter had covid and then yep. we had to separate in the house for a week so my wife and i spent our 11th anniversary on zoom in the wow. same house eating <laughs> uh takeout that right, was how we right. spent our 11th anniversary so i wow. i feel for you my friend it sucks and i'm glad that it's it's fairly mild for you and when it's, you are done you are going to be if you're anything because i had basically asymptomatic covid but when i was done i came up so very tired and so very hungry and i still mm -hmm. have not eaten my way out of this i'm still <laughs> ravenous every day yeah well, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it won't last too long and I'll be all right. Um, but yeah, in better news. Um, so last weekend, we didn't manage to record a show because I was away at Desert Fest um, in London, which we were going to try and record a show and it just wasn't going to work out in the end with, you know, how festivals are just some, somehow, even though the bands might not start till two or three in the afternoon, the whole day just gets eaten up. And then yeah, and again, till really late and all this stuff, you know. Um, Again, we have a six-hour time difference on this exactly. podcast, and we—I mean, so schedule. I can't just text Duncan and say, "Hey, can you go today at two? It's yeah. all got to be. We all got, and we've both got, you know, family and work, and so exactly. But but um but Desert Fest was great. Um, Shellac were really cool. Steve Albini's band, Yob, were amazing. Um, they were probably the two highlights off the top of my head. Hey, Colossus were pretty cool as well. But anyway, I'm going to be writing a review. Well, I've half written it already for Keefe's most excellent ghost cult magazine. So that will be out hopefully in the next few days. I'm going to write, finish writing it um, hopefully this weekend. Um, and then last night I managed to go and see, um, before I was testing positive, was still testing negative. So I went to see Saucer Full of Secrets, which is Nick Mason's, um, band where they play early Pink Floyd stuff, the first seven albums up to and including metal. 
Um, so that was great. Um, they did Echoes. They did One of These Days. They I did was going to ask Alone. you about Echoes, so hold that thought. Yes. Okay. Well, they did all of that. They did a lot of the Sid Barrett classics like Bike. Um, they even did they did some sort of obscure ones like Vegetable Man that never got a proper release, was only released as a bootleg and was never completely finished. Um, they did some jams that I, I presume are like B-sides that I've never heard or they're sort of obscure tracks from some of their soundtrack albums or something like that. And I think everything they did was a Pink Floyd song. So it's, Gar um, it's, it's Guy Pratt, who's been the bass player in Pink Floyd, essentially for the past 36 years. And um, David Gilmour. Yeah, but David Gilmour's not in this, though. Uh, right, but right. But he he did Guy Pratt has been. Oh, I see what you mean. He's been the bass player for David Gilmour. Sorry, I see what you mean. Yeah, I, I knew you knew it wasn't David. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. If yeah, so um exactly. And it wouldn't even surprise me if he's played with Roger Waters at some point. I don't know if he has, but like so a lot of these guys seem to get around every iteration of any any ex-member of Pink Floyd doing Pink Floyd stuff. Yeah, Pink Floyd yeah. is a lot like the Black Sabbath camp where there's a lot of trading back and forth. Totally, totally. Yeah, um, so really enjoyed that. Gary Kemp from Spandau Ballet, who I don't think are particularly massive in America. They were they were huge in the UK in the 80s, and they were kind of cheesy pop. Um, you know, good, really good, strong songs, but very commercial um, sort of stuff. So most um, fans of rock music, experimental music, um, psychedelia, would not see the singer of Spandau Ballet as a particularly appropriate choice for for this but clearly he's really into this sort of music he played guitar as well and he which i'm not sure whether he did in spandau ballet or not actually but but anyway great guitar player did a lot of the gilmore leads um and some of his own stuff in that type of style really great voice for it clearly had a lot of love for early pink well i'm sure all pink floyd and for that whole era late 60s early 70s he was talking about he was kind of a kid at that stage and they were buying these records it seemed like the most amazing things um yeah and of course um they, they so they had another guitar player um who apparently whose idea the whole thing was in the first place and a keyboard player synth player and then of course nick mason um who to be absolutely honest um you know, he's not, he can't quite drum like he used to be able to. Um, it's fairly kind of restrained, um, but still it just worked absolutely great. Um, and it was really cool. I've never seen any members of Pink Floyd. Oh no, sorry, of course I have. I've seen Roger Waters, but I've never seen any other members of Pink Floyd before. So this, that was really cool. Um, and then just to finish the story, we managed to get to break down. My brother was driving his car, which is a really old, ridiculous car that they just um, they keep repairing. And it seems to be fine, but it wasn't fine last night. And we we tried to get towed, couldn't get towed back from Manchester to Leeds. This is and eventually the, the breakdown insurance people basically agreed to pay for us to get a taxi back home and then they've towed the car this morning apparently it's now fixed so wait you have oh, breakdown insurance yeah we have like you can just ring up so you pay a certain amount each month whatever it is it's a small amount right and yeah you just call up if you break down and they will come out and either fix you by the side of the road or they'll drive you to the nearest garage and um, tow oh. you to the nearest garage you, you don't have that we have something similar not quite as much we have uh the biggest thing we have is called roadside assistance Right, and I guess that's a similar thing, but that's all they do. They just they'll they'll come and tow you. That's it. 
Right. No, these guys, they, they try and fix, they try and do what they can by the side of the road. And then if they can't do anything, they will tow you to a garage. We can get like a tire changed. That's it. Okay. Right. Yeah, we can do that. And a little bit more as well. Like they will try and start your engine and do whatever. They wouldn't pay for a taxi for me, especially not that far. But maybe taxis are cheaper over there. Well, they said we, we had up to forty pounds each, which is, I guess, about fifty-two dollars or something. So, if there'd have been five of us in the car, we'd have had that times five. But there were two of us in the car, so we had that times two. So, yeah, it was. So the taxi, like whatever it was, forty miles, worked out as about seventy pounds. So that that's covered, fine. And they towed it. We the okay, seventy mile taxi ride for two 40 people. Miles, forty miles, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. forty. Okay, forty miles. I'm sorry. Forty miles for seventy pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be like three hundred dollars. Really? Wow. Because it's, it's it's you pay like a dollar for the first tenth of a mile, and then thirty cents for every tenth of the mile after that. Right. So you're paying like three dollars a mile. Right. Except okay. For, but the thing is, is you don't really pay that. What's it's time? It, it's they that's just we all we don't we all just accept that that's not real you know because if you if you're sitting in traffic you can watch the meter tick up i see yeah which you can see in ours as well but well I, we used uber so uber just gives you an estimate which oh is that's accurate. different uber um, yeah we have uber too but, of course but it would have been similar if we'd have done okay. an, another one but so um, anyway so that's my adventure so i got back at 3 a.m um, but I, and then i slept and then i woke up feeling horrendous and i thought i better know what this is and yes it was the COVID. Yeah, so how I, have you been uh... I, I am good. I uh, I'm I'm been a little sick this week. Not COVID because I already had COVID. But yeah. Yeah. it's it's been a little. St. Louis is a very weird place with uh, temperature wise. So in the right. past two yeah. weeks, I have had my air conditioning on, my heating on, and nothing on. That sounds like Leeds. It sounds like a lot of the UK. It's crazy. We we have a lot of weather, especially this time of year, kind of springtime. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where in the in the sunny patch outside, it's boiling hot like summer beach weather then you go into the shade patch and it's like winter it's freezing and it is crazy yeah, yeah. But, uh, and because of that when i've gone to sleep a couple of nights i woke up if i i you know i don't know i assume it's this way for everybody i don't think i'm some strange human specimen but when i go to if i go to sleep when it's cold i can wake up with a sore throat and i've woken up with that so i had right. some hot coffee this morning and I actually feel worse than I did with COVID, which is funny. Wow. But, okay. But I'm also, you know, double vaxxed and, and boosted. So, but, you know, it did they, I wanted to talk a little bit about Nick Mason. Uh, Keefe and I did what I think to be an amazing episode on us not seeing Nick Mason because the, the tour in the, the early tour in the States, the spring tour was postponed. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, and then they they our show ended up just being completely canceled and I was refunded. I don't then you know other others were rescheduled, but I guess they just couldn't get it here. But so did they play all of Echoes? Yes, it was. Uh, I didn't literally time it, but it was about twenty minutes. Yes. Okay, so yeah, that's the whole thing. Uh, if you don't mind, I am. So yeah, I'll put a link to the episode that Keefe and I did on the Glacier Musical podcast in the description on this one, because we go through every song on the set list. And because I saw you tweeting about this yesterday and I got really jealous and it was slow, I pulled up a set list from not last night, of course, because it was still going on, but I think a couple of nights before. And 
based on what I know of Nick Mason in this tour, I'm sure it's the exact same set list. It will be. It seemed very, they, yeah, it was very prescript, uh, prescribed. Yeah, very much so. But there's only a three song difference between the first tour and, the, and this tour. Okay, right. There so you go. Uh, for anybody that wants more information on the Sauce for Secrets tour, the songs they're playing, check out that episode because I think it's a pretty good one. But other than that, everything is fine here. We are still settling into our new home. We are still working at the old home, but we are now down to just those two things in our life. Some other, um, my in-law's house has been sold. It is done. Okay, cool. Nice. It's closed. I no longer have a key to it on my keychain. Good, yeah. Excellent. Awesome. As we record this, tomorrow is Mother's Day, so we're recording a day early have some nice things uh, set up for my wife we're gonna make her her favorite breakfast and then we're gonna go see dr strange and then i'll figure out something for dinner and we'll just have a nice day and also as we record this my st louis blues are getting destroyed in the playoffs they're down two games to one started off so promisingly and then players started getting hurt and it is what it is is that hockey yeah that's hockey yeah those guys right there I see. He's got the the uh, the shirts, uh, the jerseys behind his head, just so. Yes. You know. Oh, I've actually got them all the way around the room now. I see. Yes. Right. So nice. the only spot in this room that doesn't have a jersey is where my map is and where and on the door. But I've already, uh, or I've already got designs to put one on the door as well, just to nice. trying to get all. I've noticed in the podcasting I've been doing lately, I have been very reverby in this house. Uh, yes. in a way that I was not in the previous one. So that's part of the settling in, and I'm sorry for the reverby, but today hopefully uh, it's better because I've got more, I've got the jerseys all the way around the room. This, I mean, this whole house is very reverby. There's a lot of hardwood, and the hardwood's not painted like in the old one. So mm-hmm. it's, and then it's just a lot of stuff like that. But I put uh, my Kiss solo faces Afghan over the table that the microphone is on. So hopefully, hopefully yeah. I'm sounding much better it this week. Oh, sound better. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, pretty good. Awesome. I Glad to hear that. Went to uh, curb your enthusiasm reference there, which <laughs> we've been watching. But anyway, um, yes. Okay, look, we should get on to what we're actually Let's talking about today. Agreed. Then. Let's get on to that. So... so Wait a minute. We didn't. Wait, who goes first? You go first, or I go first? I don't know. I'll go. I'll look, I'll go. Okay. Look, we're you talking go. about Jimmy Page, who, yet again, most of you won't have heard of. You know, from that small band called Led Zeppelin. Very um, minor, very minor character in the yeah. world. So we've covered a few of his. So as as we know, basically after Led Zeppelin, he hasn't done a whole lot, and the stuff he has done has largely not really lived up to people's expectations and people's. But people know what he's capable of from Led Zeppelin, and a lot of the stuff he's done after that just eh, has been a little bit uh, lackluster. But anyway, if, before if I could yes. jump in, yes, to I'm gonna just break out the Jimmy Page scorecard on the Department of Metal Antiquities. Okay, break it out. I can't remember it. We did the firm mean business, the second record of the firm. We did not do the first because I like doing second albums of solo projects. Yeah. I think that is more indicative of the quality than the first. Yeah. That was a Bennett. Yeah. We did Outrider, which is Jimmy Page's only solo record as Jimmy yeah. Page, which also was a Bennett. Yeah. 
And I will also say the firm self-titled is also a Bennett. Yeah. So, but we didn't do that one. So that doesn't count in the score. And then sure. we did Harper and Page, whatever happened, the jugular. Yes. Which was a spin it. Yes. And we also did Hoverdale and Page. Yes. Which was a spin it. Yeah. So it's 50-50 then. I had actually, when I started, when I broke in, actually, I was going to say it was one and two, but no, it's two and two because I had forgotten about Coverdale Page. But yes, Jimmy Page of, and he didn't do, apart from his work with Robert Plant, which is his last studio record 24 years ago, as we say. He did two with Paul Rogers, one with Roy Harper. He only, he did, um, so he did today's subject, Firm Firm, Jugula solo outrider he did six albums in between Led zeppelin and the the robert plant reunion yeah which i mean i think really that's a pretty good output it's just unfortunate that most of it isn't really worth that much yeah exactly okay so this is um the soundtrack to a film called death wish 2 by michael winner huge movie here in the states i don't know I don't uh, think it's a big thing here. I've never seen it. Um, I haven't I, seen it. Only, I've seen some of them. Right. The, the I only Death know Wish about series, it. Vigilante Cop going crazy, and Americans, especially of the 80s, love the that. Vigilante. Well, I mean, there's, there's this American ideal, which I would love to get rid of, about having a gun makes you invincible, and yeah. you can save your family and become a trained killer in in the time it takes to purchase a gun. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I know he's a very right-wing guy, but I, I love um, Clint Eastwood's movies and uh, Dirty Harry is Oh, yeah, uh, and Dirty Harry, same kind, kind of stuff. Thing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, no, the, I mean, this, I this the genre. Wire, if we want a critique of that, I prefer, I recommend The Wire to people, but anyway. That's oh, a, great movie. The yeah, yeah. This genre, or great uh, series, excuse series, me. Yeah, yeah. But this genre of film was enormously popular in in the in the states during the eighties and in into the nineties. Sorry, continue. Yeah, no. Um, well, look, I think I was just going to say before we get into this soundtrack, we need to talk about X Y Z, as I would say it. Um, you would say X Y Z. I wonder how Jimmy Page and the guys in the band said. I'm going to say they said X Y Z. So let's say you know. I still XYZ. don't believe that you guys say Z. I'm just. I'm, I'm going to say I. I don't believe it. I. I think that there is a collective putting on of the rest of us in the world. <laughs> Yeah, no, we say Zed. The only time we don't say Zed is ZZ Top. We, we do not say ZZ Top. No, well, that would be disrespectful. Sure, sure. Because they've said that it's ZZ Top. However, on yeah. this, man, XYZ doesn't sound as good as XYZ. I agree, man. Z is a much cooler uh, sounding word, but we do say Zed. Um, okay. So, so let's talk but, about XYZ. Yes. So they were active in 1981. Active is a strong term. (laughs) Well, yeah. So basically, um, Chris Squire from Yes, who I think was not in Yes at the time, now is in Yes again, whatever, but met Jimmy Page by chance. So this will be before the owner of a lonely heart, Yes, which was meant to be a side project, a different project anyway, but became Yes reformed. But anyway, 
He, Squire and Page met by chance at a party before Christmas 1980. And then somehow they got um, Greenslade keyboard player and vocalist Dave Lawson involved. And then they also got um, Alan White, who was the drummer from Yes. So it's like half of Yes, a bit of Greenslade and Jimmy Page. Um, and they Page reckoned they wanted a strong vocalist and asked Robert Plant who, so this would be like Led Zeppelin reborn, really. But, and apparently Plant went to a rehearsal a in February 1981, rehearsal. but basically said, this is prog rock nonsense, it's too complex, I don't want to do it. And he was still, you know, suffering after um, John Bonham had died and Led Zeppelin had split up resultantly. Um, so basically, it just disappeared, and it's something to do with some issue about who was going to manage the band, <laughs> So, but they apparently, in the meantime, did record some demos. Um, so I don't know if you can see these or hear these anywhere. Um, and what Wiki Paige, says is you can get them on uh, on download on, on illegal download sites. So my uh, my advice is to not seek that out. But you do you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it says here it's unclear whether any. Some of the XYZ material made it to 90125, which is the big Trevor Horn produced Yes album, which was never going to be Yes, which was going to be a different band, but which ended up being, um, yeah, I think it was going to be called Cinema, and the, the the big Y shape on the front cover was actually going to be a C, and then they turned it on its side and put a stick coming down of it, so it was a Y. So anyway, that album, the big classic Owner of a Lonely Heart, yes, which featured all sorts of revolutionary... Owner of a Lonely Heart is yes? Well, the answer is yes. It is, yeah, man. I didn't know that. And it's really, to me, it's really cool, but it's like not yes in a sense No, it's not yes even a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I like Owner of a Lonely Heart, and I don't really, sorry, but I don't really like most Yes. I think they well, went. Well, I know you don't like Yes. You don't like Prague, because you, you all, off, whenever we talk about Prague, you always use the phrase Prague nonsense. I do, yeah. It, it's the thing, look, the thing is, if Pink Floyd are Prague, then yes, I love Prague. But when we talk about, and like, look, early Genesis, stuff like that, I really do like a lot of that stuff. But it's when we start to get into that Emerson, Lake, and Palmer really overblown twiddly virtuoso for the sake of virtuoso like let's just do something stupid for this like let's just put a jazz flute solo over the top of a heavy metal drum solo and then we're going to record the sound of a screeching train in reverse and then just go like why are you doing this this doesn't sound good so i agree with all of what you just said and pink (laughs) floyd is prog but the reason why they're not virtuosity for the sake of it is because when they started they couldn't play yeah and i guess yeah that's right and i think someone like dave uh, gilmore never reached those heights of being able to play twiddly stuff but also i think they just had to look yeah they wanted to be experimental they wanted to sometimes sound unsettling or weird or whatever but they didn't want to just show off and I think that's where that's where it goes wrong for me when I feel like it's just showing off because I, I love weird stuff I love stuff that people would often describe as unlistenable but I don't like it when they're just showing off and going woodly boodly boodly so I, agree, I, I agree I agree let's let's yeah. move let's move the story along because right. we're going right, to be on the story this for a while. Mo- the story moves on so Basically, Jimmy Page then um, had nothing to do for a while because it just didn't happen. I think they used some of those ideas on the next Yes album is what I was getting on to. Um, So 
then well you can pick it up from here so then what yeah happens? so then so at the end so xyz implodes and they take the music and they move forward and all that kind of good stuff so then we have jimmy page the recluse again which is not not uncommon and his neighbor it this is where it gets a little odd for me it was his neighbor that asked him to do the soundtrack to Death Wish 2. And his it's, neighbor was the director, Michael Winner. That's that. Yeah, Michael Winner. Yeah. And he gives Jimmy Page a deadline of just a couple weeks to do this, a couple weeks to write and record a soundtrack. So here, here's the story as told by Mr. Winner. I'd lived next door to Jimmy Page for many years. It was a bad time for him. The drummer had died. He meant, of course, John Bonham. And he was in a very inactive period. Peter Grant and I made arrangements for Jimmy to do the Death Wish 2 score, which for which he wasn't actually paid. because I don't know why he wasn't paid. It's strange. That's odd. Because Grant wanted to restore Jimmy back to creativity. Jimmy rang the door. Jimmy. Excuse me, Jimmy rang the doorbell, and I thought if the wind blew, he'd fall over. Remember, he he is knee, he is deep deep in the drugs at this point. Yeah, heroin addiction, and yep. already you can see in like Snebworth 1979, he looks stick thin. Oh, He's got these yeah. thin shirts on, but they're even the very thin shirts are hanging off him. Um, and he's obviously got worse since oh, the yeah. death of Bonham. So yeah. yeah. So he saw the film. We spotted where the music was to go. And then he said to me, I'm going to my studio. I don't want you anywhere near me. I'm going to do it all on my own. My editing staff said, this is bloody dangerous. Anyway, we gave him the film, gave Jimmy Page, who's like crazy on drugs, the film. That, I, I probably would have done that. We gave him the timings and he did it all on his own. Everything hit the button totally. I've never seen a more professional score in my life. That is crazy to me that Jimmy mm. Page in his whacked out most awful time can just turn up this amazing score and just get it all done. That is totally, totally. Um, Yeah. Apparently Michael Winner had lived next to Jimmy Page for all that time and had been aware that he would live next to Jimmy Page, but never saw him because Jimmy Page always had the curtains drawn and didn't like he was really reclusive reclusive like he just didn't leave the house at all now so i they, can't i can't speak to what london is like but here in st louis if you are living in a house like befitting of uh either mr page or mr winner you would not necessarily be seen you would be in a large house and i believe jimmy page has always lived alone yeah. I don't recall him ever being married or talking about children or anything like that. He has got children. Yeah, he Does has he? got children. Okay. I think, yeah, pretty sure he has. Yeah, but yeah. I could eat, and had he been there for years, if he goes on tour or spending, you know, when Jimmy Page is recording a record, he's not, you know, he, he's a very dedicated to a fault kind of person. So you wouldn't see him recording or on tour and that was his job. So I can completely understand why he would never see Jimmy Page. So it's just, but I mean, it's just odd that he keeps everything we talk about with Jimmy Page is, oh, I ran into so-and-so by chance and now we're doing a record. And that is how, and that's what's so disappointing about the lack of output in the past 30 years is that Jimmy Page has 
so much ability and so much music in him and we're just not getting it yeah 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 no absolutely man absolutely um yeah so basically this record features um dave mattax from dave from fairport convention on drums um former pretty things keyboard player gordon edwards who does vocals on the track as well and then chris farlow who also did a, a song on outrider or might have even done two mm-hmm. um bluesy singer who's done um all, all sorts of stuff was with who's done a Tom great Bruce. robert plant impersonation yes um and yeah that's who else is on it there's a, a bass player who's called david Patton who basically is one of these guys who's just played with loads of people, kind of session guy, was in the original lineup of the Alan Parsons Project, but also played with Kate Bush, Camel, and Elton John. So there we go. All right. Uh, all right. So I guess that's kind of pretty much it. So we just need to get onto the, uh, onto the music. All righty. Well, we will take a quick break, and then we will come back with the track by track. All right. All righty, now we're going to hit this with the track by track. And again, going to point out, this is a soundtrack score as much as it is a soundtrack. So there's some interesting stuff involved here. So, yeah. Okay, so look, oh, this is, we didn't say this. This is released in 1982, by the way. Oh, and one more, sorry, one more thing to say. Apologies, but apparently some some or all of this, uh, probably not all of it, I think just the song songs was performed live by the firm in 1984. Maybe. Yes, it was all, and some of it was also performed live on the Jimmy Page solo tour. Right, there you go. Solo tour for Outrider. Cool. So, you know, some of these songs, I mean, he was quite proud of and i love the fact that it was played on the firm tour and not led zeppelin yeah 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 indeed indeed um okay so track one who's to blame so i'll start on this one so you've got nice bonham-esque drums really cool dave matas is just doing a great john bonham impression and i guess jimmy page is producing i presume i presume he's producing um he will be i'm sure so yeah producer jimmy page so he he knows how to mic up the drums and mix them to get that type of big booming but very natural sound not an 80s big um big plasticky boom just that 70s big bonham sound it's great this is like synthy experimental hard rock very much in the vein of in through the outdoor by zeppelin there's some really nice lead guitar parts um i'm not a massive fan of how chris farlow's singing on this track it's very over the top bluesy like dramatic over the top deep voice blues i'm not a big fan of that but you know what? This is quite different from what I expected. I thought it would all be quite ambient synthy stuff with maybe some orchestral in there. Um, there's some really good riff interludes, quite interesting. Again, it all, every time you hear Jimmy Page, not every time, but when Jimmy Page gets it right, you're reminded that he does it so much better than the people who copied him, basically, the way he writes riffs and parts. Um, there's a pretty cool guitar solo. So at this point, I am liking this track and this record and this sound i think you've summed it up really really well so but i'm still going to try to say something anyway you know it, it's definitely synthy it is definitely in the vein of in through the outdoor absolutely agree led zeppelin was kind of moving towards that direction on uh presence in through the outdoor oh i want to say there was another one that i just can't remember now but 
No, no, that was it. It was um, physical graffiti, presence, in through the outdoor coda. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so. It was, yeah. And Robert Plant also continued in that same direction as well. But Jimmy Page went a little heavier on the actual synthy stuff rather than the synthy sounding stuff. Like this song has a lot of synth on it which is a bit of a huh kind of moment for me when I heard that because Jimmy Page is not known for that. He's known for playing. No, well, one thing to say is that although there is a keyboard player on this who no doubt played a lot, although I say that he's a keyboard player, but it says here electric piano and piano. So I think that Jimmy Page plays the actual synths on here. If you look at the credits, that's what it says. And he plays a lot of guitar synthesizer. So, which basically you strap a little thing. This was a big thing in the early 80s. Um, I think this might be some of it on In Through the Outdoor. It might have been there in the late 70s. But anyway, you strap a little attachment to your guitar, special pickup, and it, it picks up the notes, but then translates them usually to some sort of MIDI, which then triggers a synth. So you can play the guitar, but it sounds like a synth or it sounds like a flute or whatever. Richie Blackmore does it a lot since the 80s. Um, so a lot of it is actually him playing a guitar, but it doesn't sound like a guitar anymore. Gotcha. The last thing I wanted to say about this, which has nothing to do with this particular song, but both this album and Robert Plant's Pictures at 11 were released on the Swan Song label. Uh, yeah, then they stopped doing that. They just folded it, basically, didn't they? Right. Uh, the, the Swan they Song. The firm on it and then folded it. No, the firm isn't even on it. Oh, oh wow okay right. so Fair it's enough. in uh, i believe that principle of moments which is the second robert plant album is also not on it that moved to the they basically took the swan song label and renamed it esperanza for oh, robert plant right. i didn't realize that swan either. song never put out anybody else's records and esperanza never put out anybody else's records it's just a vanity label yeah 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 i see Okay, so um, moving on yeah. to track two, which is The Chase. Now, I bet nobody could guess what this song is about. A, it's no, and for the record, there's no vocals. This is clearly a score, part of the, the movie. Have not seen the movie, but I would argue, make the guess that this is probably about uh, Death Wish skulking around a corner trying to find somebody because it goes down, 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 just all kinds of stuff like that. It is a synth bass part. And I know Jimmy Page is not credited with the bass on this, but, or maybe it's a heavily affected guitar with some detuning stuff going on. Actually, uh, he is credited with some bass on it. If you look, he actually is. Is he? So okay. There's another guy and Jimmy Page, it says bass. So yeah, it could easily be all sorts of layers of whatever. Right. And that's, I mean, that's exactly what kind of this, kind of describes this whole album. But yeah. it, it's very eerie, a lot of synth on this one and a cool little solo. It's it's a nice, nice song. And it definitely, it's it's a mood setter more than a pop song. We'll say that. It is. Now, this one confused me because I was listening to a uh, an all the way through YouTube version of this, which was actually a rip from the vinyl because I could hear the crackles and the, all that stuff. But um, I was listening I, to this on vinyl. Right. I didn't know where the end of this song was. So I, I kept thinking it had ended and gone to the next song. 
but it, but I worked it out from just looking at the timings and counting the minutes and all that. So uh, I was this, listening to the vinyl and oh, I actually yeah, there's more to it. I I stopped at the beginning. I didn't finish it because I had the same problem. I didn't right. realize because it's you know it goes on to this big string section exactly, and then it goes back to the creepy stocky part, and then I'm like oh oh this song is longer than I thought. Yeah, it's that. sorry sorry. No, it's fine. Well, I really like that slow and slinky kind of lounge jazz. It's a very, it's like classic film noir, sleuthy detective, down, 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 down type of thing. But it's done in a really uh, quite classy, tasteful way. And it's there's a lot of Led Zeppelin in there, um, so it's like Led Zeppelin does jazz, and that's fine for me. It works. Weird synth chords, great drums. Love some of those weird jazzy, odd grooves. Very nice syncopated grooves. Really cool. Um, it changes gear to an upbeat Zeppelin-esque groove. Then it goes dark and creepy again with even more percussion and dark synth. And then, yeah, totally turns a, a left, takes a left turn to dark orchestral stuff. Goes into this really nice strong melody. Then changes gear again to like creepy, noisy, avant-garde, classical-ish with experimental synths. Um, look, it's very atmospheric. Um, the this, this sort of song, not that it's a song because it's um, instrumental, but the uh, the rock um, riff part of it kind of disappears pretty early on. And there's not as much to hang on to after that. I'm sure it's great with the visuals. It's very atmospheric, not so much of a song. Often those types of songs aren't as great to listen to on a records, but it's still good though. So yeah, I'm still liking it. Yeah, it 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 has it it's clearly music made for a scene. And without the scene, it gets it can be a little bit difficult, but it, it creates for a nice little interlude. Yeah, exactly. So track three is City Sirens, which is actually co-written by Paige and Gordon Edwards, who is mostly the, the piano and electric piano player, but sang this one i guess he probably wrote the lyrics or wrote the melodies or both i don't know but it's quite good it's poppy rock with catchy vocals um it's not the most original thing it's got shades of zeppelin again every time they do one of those little stabby riffs a bit like the black dog da da type of thing you get a lot of them and it's really quite nice when they do that but this isn't brilliant this is like a led zeppelin cease this would have been scrapped from a led zeppelin album basically they wouldn't have put this on it's not up there um so man i'm a bit underwhelmed by this one yeah it 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 is definitely a song that wouldn't have even made it to coda yeah Exactly, but it's it's definitely Led Zeppelin-y. It is. This sounds like something that might have gotten its start on the In Through the Outdoor sessions. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's Jimmy Page at his most effusive and exuberant, but that mm -hmm. doesn't always translate to a great song and a great listening experience. It's it is too much. It is at the same time it is too much Led Zeppelin while being not enough Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And then it moves on into jam. What is it? Hang on, let me pull this back. Jam up. sandwich. We, you jam know what? Sandwich in America, I believe you call jam jelly. We have jelly and we have jam, and I don't oh, wow. know if okay. there's a difference. Right. Okay. Uh, I know it's like peanut butter and jelly. You know, we put jelly on our toast. I, I, I don't know. I. We would, if we were putting jelly on toast, we would be putting jello on toast, and that would not be great, I don't think. Um, yes, so I know. We, we, jam, we put we jam will on always toast. have these yeah. little, 
there, there is a part of American society that still holds on to these old Englishisms, which yeah. goes back to one being colonized by the English or being yes. created by the English to yeah. us looking up at our parent country going, we still love you a little. And three, <laughs> that is the, the American aristocracy is still very, very English to a point, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, jam sandwich. I don't know if they're talking about you know the spreadable condiment, or if they're talking about just grooving together. But it's a nice little thumpy instrumental. It's got some big synth though, and I I know this is a soundtrack, and I know this is mood setting, and the thing about this and when we did the soundtrack to more and when we did the soundtrack or uh, obscured by clouds, which was the Pink Floyd soundtrack to La Valley, uh, I, I, I get that these aren't necessarily going to work as an album as much yeah. mm-hmm. because these aren't nowadays. When you think talk about a soundtrack to a movie, you're talking about the popular music that's played on it. Then you have the score. So you have two different, albums to purchase the score or the soundtrack well these records back in these times the soundtrack and the score were the same record yeah 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 so it's you know it it is what it is it's yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah um yeah it's instrumental groovy led zepp esque rock with some bouncy riffs some good lead guitar and i like again they've got some of those rhythmic jumps going on those time jumps that made led led zeppelin riffs so cool so yeah there's there's uh, there's some good stuff here it's not the most memorable thing it's it's quite short and kind of something and nothing but it's all right yeah um, that is definitely a way to describe it it's it's something of nothing yeah so track five the release so this is another instrumental nice peaceful piano which gets kind of tenser and then orchestral classic black and white film style uh sequence comes in very dramatic stylistically perhaps a bit incongruous with the rest of wait the- a minute you skipped carol's theme oh right yeah this is probably all due to me getting confused um about what track i was on yes i have skipped carol's theme i've got a feeling that i'm i might be talking about Carol's theme. Here, let me do Carol's Here, theme and maybe well, you do it. You yeah, you do it. I got confused. It's okay. You got COVID brain. We all get it. Unfortunately. Uh this one is all pianos. It's got that windy kind of that kind of chimey piano sound. And it basically it's just a song to introduce a character in the movie. And I'm listening to this going, my God, is there nothing Jimmy Page can't do? He can write these beautiful piano lines, too? Yeah. That's Carol's theme. Right. So I think I just concluded that in the release and got confused here. Oh, Um, fair enough. But but yes. Okay. So, um, yeah. So it's it's this orchestral, the release is this orchestral classic black and white film style sequence. Um, 
yeah, like I say, I feel like it's a bit stylistically incongruous with what's gone before, but it's really great on its own terms. Very classic sort of 1930s or 1940s movie style. Yeah, I guess you've got a lot of that film noir thing going on. Um, and then I believe we're still on the same track when it, it changes gear. Yes. And get, right. And goes into like this pastoral acoustic guitar comes in over the top of the strings. There's some piano in there and it ends very peacefully and calmly. Um, and yeah, you know what? It's pretty good for what it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great ending side. This is uh, the ending track to side one. It, yep. It's, the it's a much more up tempo it's got some nice lead guitar on it and it, it's 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 a song that works really well after hearing carol's theme which <laughs> makes sense that you might be if you're not listening to it on vinyl or watching the cd track tick up where you might not even realize it's a different song because they they blend into each other that yeah. much and Next, we go when we flip the record and we get over to side two, we start with Hotel Rats and Photostats. I'm also going to point out that for many of these songs, it is the first time I've actually known their name. And I wish right. I didn't know the name Hotel Rats and Photostats because that's terrible. <laughs> but it's another yeah. creepy mood song. So yeah. clearly this is people, I would argue, hiding out in a hotel or the stakeout, the big stakeout, because in every cop movie, vigilante cop movie, you got to have the stakeout where they're in an unmarked car, usually a brown Caprice classic, and they're eating pistachios or nuts and just on stakeout and never have to pee for 35 hours. Right. Well, again, I may have got confused about these tracks, but we'll, we'll, I'll tell you what I've got, and you can tell me if I'm talking about the next track. So, yeah, it starts off, just like you said, lots of orchestral stuff with ominous brass. It's, it's very dark and tense. I like it. Then it kicks in with some rock. Now, is that still the same track? I think it is. Uh, I think, actually, you're up to number nine, because the, the tracks on these are really short, by the way. The... Uh, Hotel Rats is going to be quite as far as number nine, though, because Shadow in the City is like four minutes. I definitely wasn't. Oh, that yeah. OK, you're so, probably right. OK, so what I've got is that it um, goes into like a Dire Straits-esque thing, like Dire Straits combined with Zeppelin. We're basically pretty... for the whole rest of the side. It's basically all instrumental music. So yeah. we're probably going to even though I listened to it, you know, watching. I mean, there were times I got up to, to count what track I was yeah. on. Exactly. Because a lot of this is so it, it, it just moves into each other. It's it's a big That's movement. Fair. Yeah. As the soundtrack should be. So yeah, yeah, we're gonna yeah. have some, you know, yeah. in and out. Absolutely, man. So it's quite 80s, but it's not super cheesy 80s. It's like coffee table rock. It's pretty good. Got some nice lead melodies and harmonies and some again great drums. Dave Matax is doing a brilliant job here i've not heard him drum quite like this before um yeah it's look it's good but it's not brilliant that's my view so there we are yeah i mean side two it's it's it loses something without the visual that's just i mean that's yeah. the best way i could put it uh, so, so i think then, i'm doing the next one then so yeah. uh so a shadow in the city so that is instrumental Again, dark, intense orchestral stuff. Weird avant-garde synths coming in. I like this. Lots of jumps, lots of discordance. It's like classic action movie stuff, like 
old action movie stuff, like black and white films where they're um, on a boat that's getting bombed in World War Two or something like that. And then it goes into this fretless bass thing, which might be a synth bass with a harmonic lead guitar bit. It's pretty cheesy, very 80s, but it's, it is atmospheric and I'm sure it suits the film really well. Um, and then we get darker and creepier with strings and weird guitars, some weird phaser synths. And it starts to remind me of some sections of the live Dazed and Confused jam where on, on the song remains the same, Jimmy Page is climbing up the, uh, the the rock face. You've got rumbling toms and dark guitars and bending synths. And I think this is probably guitar synths where he's like using um, a bottleneck or just using a lot of um, tremolo arm or something, but, but he's got it set through the synth sound. And then it goes into this bleepy bloopy section, which gives way to these big bottom drums and some rock. And it feels like it's about to go into a song, but then, oh no, the bleeps and bloops return and it just goes very minimal and ambient. So again, it's one of these um, background tracks that's there for mood. It's not really a song, um, but there's loads of great atmospheric stuff in there. Loads of really interesting compositions. So, you know, I like it. I, I agree. And you know, there's not a whole lot more I can add to that, to be perfectly honest with you. If for me, you know, I, I wrote on this, it's it's more, it's, it's a continuation. It's more variations on the themes where yeah. he's doing these creepy synths and then you, you know, anyway, you know, and then it moves on into track nine, I think, which yeah. is called uh, Jill, Jill's theme, Jill's, Jill's theme. theme. Which Jill's theme is another. It's it's more of a proper song. It it it's it is a great for me. It is a great rendition of a Pink Floyd atmospheric soundtrack song. It's got that Pink Floyd kind of swirly bits to it, and that's I mean that's what I remember from that one. Yeah, I think that's right. I hope and I hope we are talking about the same track. But yeah, I've got minimal guitar and synth or synth guitars dark brooding building strings and brass some nice harp arpeggios um you've got yeah urgent, yeah. Uh, yeah urgent orchestral stuff with lots of ebb and flow um like that yeah that kind of stuff yeah. that Pink floyd does exactly it's obviously following the action on screen as it hits its peaks and troughs um but yeah 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 it's it's, it's good for, for what it is man um okay track 10 prelude so this was credited to Jimmy Page, but it's based on Prelude Number no. Four in E Minor by Chopin, and you are um, basically you're allowed to do that with classical song, classical pieces that are in the public domain. You don't have to credit the composer anymore. Um, so, yeah, it's instrumental. It's neoclassical rock. So, so they've taken a classical piece but done it in a rock style. The synths instead of the orchestra. There's guitars, drums, bass. I would say it's reminiscent of, um, I think it's called Parisian Walkways. Is it Thin Lizzy, Gary Moore? Like that yeah. classic big solo. Mournful, emotive, some big Bonham-esque drums. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I like it. it you know, for me, that one, it's it's got that bass guitar, and I wish it didn't. Right. It's It's got a great page solo. A lot of people, I think, forget how well-versed musically page really is. Oh, yeah. If you listen to how the West was one, I think Jimmy Page has about 16 or 17 extended guitar solos on that album, either between songs or in songs. And in the first one, he played, I want to say, and I'm probably wrong, but he played a classical piece. I'm pretty sure it was Beethoven's fifth. Maybe he well, played it on guitar. And 
look, nobody, I, I would not be upset with anybody for not remembering a single Jimmy Page guitar solo from even the extended ones from how the West was won because they were all drunk and they didn't know what the other ones were doing. So when somebody would do something, the rest of them would just stop and watch it. Mm -hmm. And so he can, he can play that classical music really, really well as evidenced by that. And then moving on to the penultimate track, big band sax and violence. It's sax with an A. Mm hmm. And it's, it's, you know, it's a big dancing time musical number. Jimmy Page is playing some great guitar licks on top of it. And it's a fun song. There's just no other way of putting it. Yeah, like this started off really silly for me. It's silly, frivolous swing jazz. But then it gives way to a sort of Zeppelin-esque version of jazz swing. And that's great. It's like when Led Zeppelin do, I can't remember, there's a track on Presence where it's sort of country music, but mm -hmm. it's just... Led Zeppelin doing country and it's really cool. And at first I'm thinking, okay, there's a sax here. So the, well, that makes sense. It's sax and violence. It's not a sax. It's a synth because there's no sax player listed on the credits. And when you listen, actually, yeah, that's not a real sax. It's just they've they've very faithfully recreated the sax sound, but it isn't quite the same. So yeah, it goes from silly to really nice. Some great stabby, jumpy riffs, brilliant drums. Changes gear again to a nice groovy Led Zepp riff with a, more of the synth sax soloing. More great drumming. Keeps on that theme for a while. Apart from some silly slappy bass bits, which they could just lose. Apart from that, I, I like it a lot, actually. The one thing I, I didn't write down, and I should have mentioned, this song sounds like it could have easily fit into The Shining. Right, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's got that kind of old time, like as you put it, swing jazz. Yeah. Which is, you know, all the scary bits and the hallucinations in that movie were, that would have been the music they would have been playing. It would be some, so-and-so's orchestra. Yeah, so yeah. it could have easily been that. And then it was it morphs in into the more modern stuff, you know, swirling craziness. And then all of a sudden you got monsters. Absolutely. Okay, so... um Last track, Hypnotizing Ways, brackets, Oh Mama. So this is a proper song. It's got poppy, hard rock riffs and catchy vocals. It's from Farlow again, Chris Farlow. There's some really nice Plant-esque screams in places. He's in Robert Plant mode this time, which is better for me. It's pretty cool, bluesy, hard rock, but it's not particularly memorable. Again, this would be scrapped from a Led Zeppelin album, I think. It wouldn't make the grade. It's okay. It's pretty good, but it's just nothing amazing. Nice page solo. And then it feels like it's hardly started. Then it kind of just fades out into nothing. And you're like, okay. So yeah, a bit of a lackluster end to the record, but yeah, fine. I'm going to disagree. I think fine. this, I, I think this is a good song. It, it's a mm -hmm. strong song to finish off the record. Would it have made a Led Zeppelin record? No. And that's fine. Cause it's, it, I can't imagine any Led Zeppelin record where this would have fit. I mean, they might have tried to squeeze it into presence or tried to squeeze it into disc two on physical graffiti, but you know, it's another get up on the floor and dance, and it's it's just an ending to the album. But and then that's all I have to say about that particular song. And you know, moving into the summation, if unless you've got anything else on this one, no, no. You know, this is you know, I'm I'm. Clearly, I'm an absolute spin it on this. There's some filler. 
but it's something that I have enjoyed listening to multiple times. So it's, I'm definitely a spin it. What is really great about this album is it sh- it's Jimmy Page at his personal worst, at his personal lowest point, can still kick out this kind of music, kick out a quality record, writing, recording in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. And he was he was done. And, you know, that's... And it, it's not like him covering and stealing all this old Led Zeppelin stuff or Yardbird stuff or classic blue stuff. It's him starting a whole new thing from scratch and being done with it. Absolutely. Yes. Um, there's enough Led Zeppelin-esque bits here that it's going to appeal. If you're a Led Zeppelin nut, you're going to find quite a lot to like here. Some solos, Agreed. Agreed. some plant-esque vocals. Um, those drums, very, very Bonham-esque. So that's that's good enough already. Then some of those avant-garde, experimental, weird atmospheric bits, they're great as well. Really interesting and well-composed. I would say it's quite an incongruous listen, like it jumps from style to style, but that's because yeah. it's soundtrack. Like that's what movies do that a lot. In, in films, you can borrow from completely different songs and just put them next to each other because they match the particular scene that's going on at the time. Well, and a lot of times you might not, things that you hear back to back on a soundtrack record are 15 minutes apart. In a exactly. Movie. That's right. And a lot of the time you've got these background bits of a soundtrack where you hardly notice there's music. And then separately, you've got a theme song, which is going to be quite likely in a completely different style. And that's fine. So um, I totally forgive that. that that's not Yeah, like Jill's, involved. was it Jill's theme or? Yeah, there's Jill's and there's Carol's. Yeah, yeah. Whichever one on the Jill's theme on side yeah. two. Just yeah. it's it's the only song on the whole album remotely even like that. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So, but no, it definitely has spin it for me. Um, lots of Jimmy Page high points and lots of stuff that um doesn't sound like classic Jimmy Page, but it's just really interesting and well put together. Anyway, um, yeah, it's flawed. Yeah, there's some songs on there that are not that brilliant. They wouldn't make a Led Zeppelin album. But there's plenty of great and interesting stuff. Um, so yeah, spin it for me. I think that's I think that's the the a great way to to explain it. It's it's not perfect, but it is interesting. Totally. All right. Well, that's all I've got. That's all I have for this week. Everybody, thank you for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon. Bye, bye, bye. Thank you.